Remember the Titans. If I can choose like movies to be remade, I would like them to remake Remember the Titans and just like do it exactly the same. I think that's fair. just with younger actors, like no changes. Uh, is that the, the champ is here? <laughs> uh, is that that one? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> they do the whole chant, you know, the champ is here. You know, the champ is here. It's one of those fucking Disney movies. Like, uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm only looking for movies where they say that now. That doesn't mean... Or they could... <laughs> they could also remake Deep Blue Sea, just like with Meg's uh, uh, effects, and I feel like it would just be just, just as successful. I love Deep Blue Sea. It might be my favorite movie. Uh, so, do you know that... So, do you know who Dolph Lundgren is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Dolph Lundgren is one of my favorite actors. And he's also just so fascinating as a human being. He's fucking brilliant. He has, like, yeah. PhDs. But particularly one of his, like, PhDs is in, like, sharks. Like, he's a huge, like, like um, marine biologist. Like, I mean, like, he has, like, an actual, like, PhD in that. And so they brought him in for Deep Blue Sea as a fucking shark advisor on that movie because, like, they needed to have an expert. It's, like, one of my favorite little pieces of trivia. I just, like, read it. It's like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. So, like, uh, brought in fucking, you know, uh, what is he in, uh, what's his name in uh, uh, the Rocky movies? Drago. They they brought in Drago. Drago. Yeah, Yeah, to to fucking, (laughs) you know. We need a shark guy. Why don't we do it? Why don't we make movies like that anymore? <laughs> why, do, why do we have a new Anaconda? Like, we had the Meg, which oh, was Oh, fuck you. yeah. That had, but, like, remake Anaconda. Like, you remake Anaconda with Cardi B in J-Lo's role. <laughs> who do I we would, put? I would see that. Who do we put? I would stop everything. All right, we put, like, because uh, I think Ice Cube needs to be for, like, the next generation, so I think you put, yeah. Chance, I think you put Chance in Ice Cube's role. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would at least be a legit song. At the uh, end. <laughs> I think that uh, John Voight should still play himself. Um, <laughs> ageless. That man is ageless. Yes, yes, because he uh, <laughs> is, is, is a, a lizard, so... Uh, <laughs> Take hockey away from you. Stories without a few letdowns are boring. I want you to think about all the other kids who've been told that they're too small or too slow. They just want to get out there and play. Freaks. Is he doing a trick? Let's start our own team. Look at this. Your first teammate. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. This is ducks. Ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. We're not goons. We're not bullies. No matter what people say or do, you have us. This is Ducks. Hey, Tessa, how you doing? Oh, hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing all right. It's another week, another week of ducks. There's been a lot of uh, another uh, ups and downs in the week, but uh, no, I'm happy to be here. And, and we're doing this for the first time in, uh, remotely. We've done the first couple masked up and safely and uh, in person, but it's a shitty weekend of weather in Chicago here. It had a little bit of a yeah. break this afternoon, but like, yeah. Uh, you, you can't have good weather in Chicago all April, you know? So. No, no. <laughs> No, and if it was, I would have I would have canceled. I would have been like, this is the only good day this week, and I need to get my vitamin D. I've uh, been blessed. You can see how much glow? Like, you know how, like, translucent I normally am. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm somewhere between Casper and um, a sheet of stock white paper in terms of, like, my <laughs> skin color and tone. And, like, I have a healthy hue of red right now, you know? So, like, uh, uh, you know, a nice, like, I, I, do, I have three shades, I joke. I'm, like, the fucking American flag. I mean, they're red, white, or blue. And, like, blue's bad. So, like, if you see blue, it's a bad situation. But, like, it's either red or white, like. Oh, God. <laughs> so. Oh, my so, God. So, that's me. <laughs> 
That's why I feel like okay. traditionally, like, you know, it, it bothers me so much that especially in Chicago, we're from Chicago and there's a traditional long history of like the Irish and, and you know, people of like different color go back a long term. And it really bothers me as an Irishman because I'm like, okay, as white people, we don't have the same fucking like melatonin things as normal white people. Like we're on a different scale. Like give the thing right here. And so it just drives me crazy. That's like, you know, we've had this for like, you know, cycle of abuse where like, you know, the Irish were abused. We took over the police department. We then abused people of color where it's like, we're people of no color, like literally no color. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we are the absolute, no we are literally like, yeah, like P-O-N-C, ponks. We're like, <laughs> we are ponks. Ponks like, from now on. I'm, I'm claiming this. Irish people are ponks. You're people of no color. We literally are the absence of color. Like, <laughs> so, like, uh, it's just funny how many people spend to add color, like in self-tanners and in vacations. And I'm like, but you, what? Okay. No, 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 I'm with you. Uh, so, so Tessa, I actually, this is, this brings a good transition with tanners and, and, and like self-improvement. I saw, and I heard something this week that I thought was hilarious and I wanted to share with you. So, um, a friend of mine was talking about vaccines and vaccine hesitancy. And we were talking about people and, you know, um, we encourage everybody on this show. This is Docs. You know, we want everybody to be a safe member of the Quack Pack. And we yeah. know that we can't, you know, fly in that V unless we're all, you know, vaccinated. In fact, I'd like to think that the flying V might stand for vax, vax. Just <laughs> 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 fucking get the shot, dude. You're not going to die. I, I mean, I, unless, I mean, RIP GMX, whose family is now saying that he died because of the vaccine, which I'm like, is semi-irresponsible, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's also, it's like, I don't know that you know that. That's what happened, but okay. <laughs> well, and again, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, they have said, like, I mean, there are now some very rare allergic reactions that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like saying, like, you know, a couple have them per million people. It's like, no, like, we're going to have like all that million people and 50,000 would die of COVID. <laughs> and so it's like, the trade off is like, even if it is like 10 have a severe allergic reaction where like, you know, five of them die, it's like, yeah, five is better than 50,000. I'm sorry. Like, that's how these things work is a numbers game. And also, like, exactly. least, there's a lot of picking and choosing because, like, you know, people are, like, you know, having to be, like, you know, previously, oh, this many people die of both every year, everything mm-hmm. like that. And, and eh, again, a lot of things here. But the reason I bring this up was um, they mentioned a, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are hesitant about the vaccine, but you add, like, well, why does it make sense given some of the other engagements or, you know, I can't <laughs> And the one that I, I found was, was, was funny because, like, I, I talked about, like, listen, if you trust your dealer but not your doctor, like, that's a fucking issue. <laughs> Where, like, if I'm, What's happening? I'm, like, only, only in the U.S. I feel like this, this type of hesitancy would exist. You know, I think it's there. And, again, I think hesitancy is also, like, natural. Like, would you take the Russian vaccine? The Russian no, I don't know. No, 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 no. So like, there's I'm, a level of vaccine hesitant. It's like yeah, yeah. I talk about like gun control. It's yeah. like I, I say the same thing to people who are like, oh no, people are crazy for being vaccine hesitant. I'm like, would you take the Russian one? No. It's like okay, so everyone's a level of vaccine hesitant yeah. to a level like where you're like, well, what am I going to put in my body? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> I heard a reason why you didn't want to get vaccinated, or someone who was saying like, I'm willing to do this but not that that I had never heard before, which is that someone who is a big Botox user who's not willing to get the vaccine. And that to me, like Tessa, we've talked about this before. I, I've made my feelings about Botox clear, which is like, please don't put poison in your face, people. But, you know, like, I understand that like there are- Well, we're living under different pressure. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of- I valid love res- melanin, which is working for me and, and slowing the aging process. But <laughs> for those who are melanin deficient, or melanin, uh, you know, uh, absent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like us ponks. Yeah, different. Yeah, us people of no color. Um. <laughs> yeah, for the people of no color. <laughs> Who time is actively ravaging. Uh. Yes, yes. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, over here, we live a stress-free life <laughs> in my side of Lakeview. Uh, and so, you know, it's keeping all that away, but 
is the rule like you can't get Botox if you've gotten the vaccine or there's a waiting period? Because that's scary. That is scary. And I think that I have no idea around that. I just feel that like the funniest thing to me is like the idea that like <laughs> you're okay with injecting your face with botulism poison, but not with a vaccine for COVID. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think the Illuminati one is my favorite. Yeah. The Illuminati Satan one. I'm like, really? Because it's, I mean, there's so many easier ways to like capture people's souls or track them effectively. Like you carry your phone with you everywhere you go. They right. are already have you addicted to social media, you know, via uh, iPhone or whatever. Uh, why would they go such lengths? <laughs> why would they do that? That's a good question. So... And then protect frontline workers. <laughs> What? It's a good question. If you're just trying to add numbers to your uh, to your army, I would go to the top. I would make it a vaccine that's exclusive to people with resources, not regular folks. Right. It would be like what they normally do, which is like blood transfusions. <laughs> like vampires. They are. <laughs> Speaking of vampires and blood transfusions, Mighty Ducks, season one, Game Changers, episode three. We're here. We're, We're here. getting it. Uh, oh, good. I liked it. I mean, again, it was a. It was. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it in the um, the requack, requack. Uh, uh, of the episode, but like uh, it, it was an exposition building episode. But there's some good yeah. stuff. So before we before we get into the requack and before the break, uh, Tessa, like just general thoughts for episode three. I really liked it. Uh, I like this episode. Like you said, it's a bunch of exposition. It's setting up a lot of stuff for the setting up a potential romance. Giving we finally got Bombay's backstory and what happened between, you know, D three and and Game Changers. What he's been up to, uh, which is great. And like Coach Bombay giving love advice. I think that was it for me. I think that was it. I think that's when I fell in love with the show. And I was like, this is the type of advice that I would take. This is the like uncle figure that I never like needed or wanted, but like now that I have, I'm like someone just giving me straight up advice about like not chasing like relationships that you know it's just not gonna work. I just love the way he like I just love that kid. I love that kid also. Podcast kid. I love uh, <laughs> podcast body boy uh, is legitimately the standout breakout star of a story. He really is. And he's like one of the better like child actors. Him yeah. and the um the Indian girl or excuse me, Indian or Pakistani yeah. um girl. I think her name's Sophie on the show. Yeah. Also a very good actress for such a young age. I'm like, very good, those two. Especially like, you know, doing these comedy beats is hard. And you can see by the lead character Evan, he's like not one hundred percent there. But that's just me being harsh on child actors. I'm sorry. No, you're right. And <laughs> like Satan will come for me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like that's the thing. It's like, well, like again, like there is a um, uh, there's a reason why like Keenan has the career he does. It's so remarkable mm -hmm. to have that spark at such a young age, and then also be yeah, able and to that keep timing. It. That timing. Does, there's yeah. just, there, there's something brilliant in that. that, that yeah. And like to be able to translate it at such a like we going back to like the uh, Macaulay Culkin era. Yeah. Like, that kid... That was a good actor. Like, he was just, a like, great actor. Like, Home like, Alone was just a well-acted uh, series. He, he did. He, he he conveyed all the emotion. He hit, like, again, the, the, he hit all the notes, like, good stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I, I've been with you. My thing for, my big takeaway from episode three was I enjoyed it very much. It was exposition, like we're needing to go ahead and like, like move the story along to where the team is like, okay, obviously mm -hmm. if they just like get the shit kicked out of my episode, like it's not going to be a series. So we need to like figure out like how both we bring in coach, coach Bombay as the, the coach and also like get the uh, girl who's clearly the most talented what prospect, you know, like uh, to be on that team. Um but uh, one of the things that I just kind of like took away from it was just was uh, so uh, so funny again. Getting back to the show is that I remember what you said about last episode, which was that they wrote this show for sixteen to seventeen year olds. <laughs> yes, that this was like legitimately a CW show. 
that they just like decided because like the Disney fucking like there's gotta be some like mega computer where like Walt mm-hmm. Disney's fucking brain is talking through Mickey Mouse which, like wow everybody this is what we're doing now and <laughs> like you know like this is like, like and they're no 12 to 14 year olds are what we needed like you know what I'm saying like and that's where it goes like oh <laughs> but like yes. that's yes. it that's it like they had relationship dynamics don't fully make sense for this age group because they said in the episode that they're 12 and 13 and that's the first time they gave their actual ages and i was like so why are we having such serious relationship discussions at 12 and 13 why fucking play hockey that's just the crux of it like you should be playing hockey and dealing with like social dynamics like we're cool we're not cool like why is it so like entwined in these relationships but yeah, it, yeah. It, it, and again it goes back to particularly the sexualization of the weird canadian kid because again yes. with the fucking hair flips and it's like i'm sorry like i i, I the first time like the first episode I was like okay maybe andrew you're just being weird and you're just like analyzing a kid show too much no no, no. <laughs> like, every time i watch another episode where it's like okay, you wrote this for, like, whatever the next Zac Efron's going to be at, like, 17. Maybe yeah. his kid will grow into it. Maybe he was... He was totally, still... he's an adorable kid, but, like... It's just weird, because, like, again, like, if I think a 55-year-old's going to cream for a fucking 12-year-old <laughs> because he flips his hair, there's something seriously wrong with her. She's a yeah. sexual predator. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, uh, like uh, yeah. What's yeah. crazy is that they didn't, uh, they didn't call out the dynamic between um, the hair. I think his, like, character is just, like, known as the hair. Um, and that older woman, but they quickly called out the dynamic between the, um, what's her name, Winnie, the... Yes. Hot chocolate girl and yes. the and podcast body like Coco uh, Coco, Chad. Coco Chad Coco Chad. Chad all right Coco so Coco Chad. Coco Chad that is perfect transition so Quack Pack we're gonna give a quick transition here so Quack Pack you know we want you to get Quack Packs so we were gonna go ahead and translate this over here with a little Quack Quack Facts uh, Chan so Vax 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 uh so you've been waiting a solid 22 years since mortal Kombat annihilation yes i really feel like mortal Kombat annihilation jurassic park and uh deep blue sea were like some of the most pivotal movies from my youth like i feel like i learned a lot about myself about what fear is about like what people are capable of. <laughs> I just feel like those movies kind of define me and my personality. So if you <laughs> dig, I get it. All right. <laughs> also throw an anaconda. And uh <laughs> we were talking about this before the podcast. <laughs> and we were saying that like of all the remakes that are just such a no-brainer, doing a new anaconda have yes! already be in JLo's place. Yes! I was making the case that, like, put Chance, I would think, would be a good replacement for, like, Cube's like role. It. And we like were it. saying that John Void is a lizard that would be perfect to reprise his role as a lizard in the film. Maybe I he see. could actually also play the snake, like, um... <laughs> like, like Andy Circus, you know? <laughs> I would die if it was, like, a somehow they, like, put his CGI face on that on anaconda and then there were multiple anacondas guys have you seen this how have you i mean how have you looked live without watching anaconda it's on it's i feel like it's on netflix all the time just there it is along with deep blue sea which i really feel like we could bring back sam jackson for his exact same role to die in the exact same way there are no there are no edits the movie is perfect it is a perfect movie we were talking about this too which is small fun trivia fact which i was mentioning to, to, to tessa since this is such an important role to her um, that movie had a, a, a very specific uh, scientific advisor for their sharks, which remember, like, they just would jump out of the water and they would both. Yeah. Think so. Dolph Lundgren, who played Drago in the Rocky films, <laughs> was literally, and I'm not making this shit up, was a shark advisor for that. He's a marine biologist. He's got multiple PhDs. But yeah, Dolph Lundgren, they're like, well, who's a shark guy we know? And someone's like, Dolph? <laughs> like a, you know, Dolph shows up on set next to Sam Jack, and like you know, like uh, amazing is made. But Quack Pack, we're here now to requack. Requack this episode. Mm-hmm. 
of this is ducks and i will also say just like quick takeaway too this was the most like this is us episode of this is ducks that i have we have watched there were beats especially with the ending where it was a fucking scrubs episode where they had like this movie music <laughs> and like cliffhanger to where it's like you know it's like a where did i go wrong? And they, like it had the perfect like you know tag like emo tag Yes. This is Docs, um, <laughs> but let's get into it. So I've got notes, and uh, so Tessa, we start with them reviewing the game tape mm-hmm. from the previous episode where they got the shit kicked out of them by the team that was competent. Uh, thankfully, despite their... Um, so, like, I did some math, so... There's no way that the stuff that they stole from the lost and found and Arlo, who we hope to have back on the podcast another point. Yes. Arlo uh, is great. You know, I, I, I would love to get more into this subject with him, but like, okay, so they committed a crime. A like, yes. she committed Guilty. a conspiracy with like children, which was like, especially in the day of Matt Gates. Now, like we're talking about <laughs> like sensitive subject. What is a crime if Matt Gates is getting away with it? Like, can we get a preemptive pardon also? Because hockey is so expensive, Tessa, that makes it, there's no question. I mean, technically, most thefts over $500 are a felony. So we're talking, like, big boy jail terms, federal offenses for the whole thing. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, um, <clears throat> and again, I don't believe in the card zero state, so, like, thankfully for mom, they haven't come for her. The authorities haven't yet. <laughs> But uh, the game opener, the, the show opens with the whole crew watching and reviewing their game tape. And quickly, the very beginning of this episode, they set up kind of like the comic, like uh, B story for this episode, which mm-hmm. is um, Coco Chad and Winnie. Coco Chad and Winnie. I love the nickname Coco Chad. I was on board. I was shocked that he was a white character. I was like, Oh, yeah, he sells cocoa. But I was like, if this is just, like, a, a name for the only brown person in Minnesota, I'm still into it. I'm not mad at it. But then it's just a white guy. Goes, it be- okay, I get it. You sell cocoa. It's more like, I'm, I, I'm very glad, too, that they didn't name the black person in the show. Uh, I would have thought that was hilarious. Uh, uh, Blackie or Coco or whatever. It was yeah, like I a, Blackie. Uh, um, it's Minnesota, Tessa. Like, <laughs> But I'm like, you know, as the one Somali character or something, it was just like Coco Chad. And I was like, that is a perfect, like, brown plus Minnesota, a Chad. This is like, must be like the second most popular name in the state, I imagine. Okay, but like, did you get the impression that Coco Chad was an artisan, like, hot chocolate dealer? I did. I did. I didn't think he was selling Nesquik. I was like, he is like, he believes in this cocoa. Like, he put his soul into this cocoa so what does it make sense to me is that like maybe i'm ignorant of the commercial yeah of of the commercial (laughs) hot chocolate market and how it works but like they were specifically refilling the fucking nesquik like the cheap like the it's the same hot chocolate machine that in terminator 2 the guy who gets like the prison guard who gets stabbed who gets like the like you know i'm talking about like the like the the card (laughs) Like the old like hot chocolates that would have like the playing card on it. So oh, I got the ace of spades today. You know what I'm saying like, ah! you know what I'm saying like that hot chocolate machine is a machine that like Emilio Estevez multiple points in time in this movie, which we'll get into, like complains because he has to refill for the first time because apparently like, uh, what does he do for a living at this job that he has or space that he owns? We'll get into his leadership soon, but yeah. Yeah, I'm concerned about his health at this moment. Like, is he a type 2 diabetic? Because I've only seen him consume sugar. There was some um, very... I don't know if that's, very <laughs> that contributing weird. to his paralysis of the face? Or I don't know what the symptoms are for um, diabetes, but, like, uh, is that why he quit hockey? Mystery? Maybe he lost a leg. We haven't seen him in a full-body shot, I don't think. So maybe that is also contributing. That's smart. I like I like where your head's out there, actually. Um, <laughs> I concerned. I'm just a concerned viewer. You know? I, I think it is. So, like, 
Emilio comes in there, and clearly he's a terrible employer because, like, uh, poor <laughs> Winnie gets broken up with by Coco Chad, who, again, I think he's just, like, legitimately, like, he's just, like, uh, working for fucking Cisco Foods, who just, like, the Cisco food for the hot chocolate vendor. <laughs> he is an artist in hot chocolate vendor, which explains more of why Emilio Estevez's, like, finances are, in, like, ruined. It's like, well, stop getting artists in hot chocolate, you dick. Like, you know I'm saying, like, but, like... He is an artist in mustard dealer at the end. I was like... Okay, so you got oh, money. We'll get into. I have a note about him. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Uh, hold on now. Uh, uh, Mustard Tim. Mustard Tim. Tim. We'll get into Mustard Tim in a second. <laughs> but back to Coco Chad. I mean, it just becomes clear very quickly, like because, like, okay, Winnie's like just devastated by this, and rather than be an understanding employer, where like you know he's like, okay, my employees have a rough time. I'm gonna try and create some space for her. Uh, Emilio Estevez just goes around being like, how do you wash toilets? Like, you know, he, <laughs> he has this, like, kind of very, it's like, dude, like, A, like, what are you doing in this place? Clearly, it just seems to me, Winnie, who, I'm sorry, she's not making a salary, Tessa. I don't think she is. She's making she might also here. live there. She might, too, because everybody lives there, because they're all, like, you know, like, but, like, again, Estevez is <laughs> going around being like, oh, I have to go ahead and answer the phones and, like, do my job and, like, you know, actually, like, and execute this whole thing. And how dare she, like, have an emotional reaction to clearly a traumatic breakup with, like, yeah. Chad. And, like, uh, it was amazing because then in that process we become clear and they started to tease this laugh episode that podcast body boy, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll learn his name. We'll learn their names eventually. eventually. There's only episode three. That's fine. He has been clear, like, oh, not only is he mm, sprung, uh, spring and sprung, but <laughs> <laughs> for the boy, uh, he also is like up to some shit, uh, in this episode. Yes. And so, learning his stalker 101, I was like, you know, way too much about this situation, sir. Uh, uh, a, it's adorable because you know. 12 years old middle school love is the best love because it has like you know only expectations and no uh <laughs> bitter bitter defeats yet <laughs> that's true it's just most like it's, it's the most uninformed pure yeah. like yeah romantic it's just like yeah. and like yeah it's just like oh yeah like it's just it's like um uh that's a good point that's a good way to look at it right there and it's just it's a cute age to be like oh i want to yeah but also so misguided and again is he the one who was the with the hammer yes and so that's my point is it like this is a sociopath and this developing to an extent to where he's He's like like, okay she is every minute of every day well it's something where it's like okay like this is how normally humans react to each other like there's a lot of um well dsm i mean there's a lot of like a lot of (laughs) Uh, thing is it type I, B? Um, yeah, personality just, type B is like he's a narcissist, sociopath, or a psychopath. Like, I, I would just say that there's some things with this kid that would benefit. We've not once seen his parents, he's clearly out there all over town, <laughs> creating podcasts, hanging out, joining you know, dangerous and under equipped hockey teams, committing <laughs> felonies because every single one of those kids now is a felon. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, thanks, Mom. This is true. Uh, thanks, this Mom. Is true. I uh, mean, only the hair could get out of it. Like, with a flip like that, I mean, you could charm a judge, but the rest of them are just average. Yeah, no, for sure. That's 100%. And then they mentioned uh, the money puck. Do you remember the money puck? I love the money puck. Name of the episode, money puck. Uh, I loved it. And if this kid turned out to be a little Jonah Hill, I would die. Uh, the next gen's Jonah Hill, because... Again, he was he. Jonah Hill is fantastic, and I love him. It's so funny. So for our, our, our listeners, quack back, <clears throat> money puck. Uh, so our young podcast uh, sociopath uh, <laughs> mentions just like Moneyball, the movie yeah. where they're using analytics to try and game baseball. In his uh, middle school, he's also using those same principles to. Uh, demonstrate mostly to the girl that you mentioned, the uh, Sophia. Sophia, who's like a star potential, uh, uh, you know, prospect for the Don't Bothers. 
Yes. The real Mighty Ducks. Um, yeah. She's a Southeast Asian prodigy, and everyone's just get on board. I'm on. I think she's fantastic. It's fantastic, and I'll also point out there too because Mike Hillary came down and watched halfway through, and she hasn't watched any of this. Like you know, shut. Um, and she's like, "Wait, so are the Mighty Ducks bad?" I'm like. Yeah, actually. <laughs> like, uh, well, they're misunderstood in anything. Yeah, like, well, the, part. the OG ones have been co-opted and gentrified into this... <laughs> and gentrified. You know, bastard duck that is no longer... It doesn't have the spirit of the original duck, you know, um, in its heart. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where, again, like, so that they do is like they go on a charm offensive now, and they they make this whole thing because they they need to get Sophia on the team because they realize they suck balls and they have no, you know, chance of winning without an actual good player of which none of them are, and so they start doing a couple of things to kind of work this out there, but we have to mention again <clears throat> that they specifically target our young Canadian uh, friend. And have him do the hair toss again. Yes. Have to again say to Tessa, like, kudos for you as someone who has screenwriting talent and experience of realizing, no, guys, this was a CW script that they clearly repurposed. (laughs) (laughs) It was a CW. Then Netflix, when they settled on Disney. (laughs) It's just weird. It's out of place. And you're just every time taking out of the moment where you're like, okay, that's that's something that you did, but does it make sense there? Um, and then we switch over here to one of my favorite lines of this entire series so far, which is that I can't even untangle my own heart. <laughs> 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 that is uttered by um I believe that was uh, Alex, her mom. Oh, no, no. Who would? Who's no. You're right. Uh, who could uh, not untangle their own heart? Um, it was a podcast body? Oh, no. Was that uh, Winnie, I believe, actually, maybe, who said, I can't untangle my own heart? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because Coach Bombay is standing right behind her, yeah. Coach Bombay. Coach Bombay. Bombay. Um, and then... Uh, the sociopath decides to steal Coco Chad's flowers because he shows up <laughs> and he's like, yeah, bro. So I realized that like, she's hot. So I'm going to win her back, which is just like, you know, again, amazing writing, just real layered character here. Disney writers. I, I uh, do think it's well written. I just don't think that they were, they thought they were writing for kids. Uh, I right. wish they would have let them improvise some of the scenes because I feel like it would have come across so much more authentic, especially that lead character, Evan. Like, he is trying so hard to be an actor and not being his character. And I'm, I just wish they would let him improvise the scene. Well, that's the what scene, I, ugh, so I, awkward. Well, you, that's why I was actually going to ask you, did you notice? Okay, so then we transition to where, like, podcast body sits down with Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. And they're on a bench. And they have this big conversation about, like, you know, dumpster flowers. <laughs> they, yeah. they mentioned dumpster flowers. It was sweet. But to me, it seemed very clear that they did not both film that in the same fucking place because of COVID or whatever it was. And I was curious if you noticed that because you pointed out earlier in the series, I think, like, that, like, oh, the, you know, uh, one of the earlier SFS ones, like he's not in the same room while he's filming. These are just clearly like you know, doing the <laughs> Arrested Development season four trick, where they just like you know what I'm saying, like they're yeah. never in the same frame together. Um, but it seemed like that was the case, and it also seemed like Podcast Body was acting to a tennis ball or something like that in that scene. So I don't know if you noticed that, but like I had something I had a question about. I was like, did they film that together? So like I don't know if you had. Any I- I didn't notice that because I was so, like, I was enraptured in the dialogue of the scene where Coach Bombay is giving romantic advice to Podcast Body uh, and pretty much, you know, dashing his little, like, his little dreams. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're 13 and someone telling you that somebody is literally out of your league? Like, how do you handle that? Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, was 13, I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, celebrities were out of my league and, like, out of my grasp, but, like, regular-ass people in my life? I guess I didn't really know too many people who were, like, seriously older than me. 
it's also true but also you think about like this is some like depressed cake eating like you know what i'm saying like shut in who's also being like kid you're done which is like it's gotta be like you know it's gonna be like a different layer of like yeah I mean, like yeah. that's true like that's depressing so like I think that's fair. And then speaking of depressing, they hard cut because this is like a short episode. It's a pretty short episode. Yeah. Like, okay. We're to the next episode where they're, they're taking on the Mighty Ducks. Um, you know, there's a little kind of like short moment where uh, our lead actor, son of the coach, uh, he goes and has pizza math with uh, the pizza and math studying with um, – uh, their lead kind of prospect um, and uh, you know they have some kind of plot exposition here but she decides because she's so scared of her parents being so unhappy with like this whole you know duck stuff right here it's not gonna work right and what we realize happens is that like all of a sudden uh, they're running up what 16 17 nothing to the ducks like they just run the table on these guys and so, I was like don't they count them out after a certain point like is that like a soccer thing or maybe it's hockey but like after you get a certain amount of like goals i think it's goals in both soccer and hockey i, I wrote down uh, slaughter like... rule slaughter rules what they call it <laughs> yeah. it's literally yeah. cool to, no in child sport like i remember this because i was on a, a baseball team or two that lost to a slaughter rule um, and a couple that actually like won, not because of me, because I wasn't playing. I was like the on the bench at the time. But we we the slaughter rule is that like generally like I think it was like in little league if you're up by ten runs, they're just like mm, I'm just gonna cut this shit because like this isn't fair. This isn't fun it for gets, kids. It gets to be hurtful. It becomes a personal attack. I think at right. some point where it's right. like it's you are a, trash, not is... like the team is trash. I am individually trash, and so that. And also we're trash for like not balancing these teams and this kind of like competition here as adults because like that's not fair to like you know what i'm saying have kids like clearly and again the, the whole thing was just like again another thing where it's like yes these adults are just consenting to have like their 12 year olds like beating the shit out of by like kids who are like twice their size and body weight on yeah. ice skates because yeah. like do you understand how expensive a broken leg is tessa in america depending on your like, <laughs> like yeah. hopefully the best paralegal has the best goddamn health insurance <laughs> that's sponsored by employers because jesus fucking it, like if you do not like the your kid like oh my fuck like if you like like yeah it, it's just it's 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 crazy it's crazy it's crazy so they have this slaughter rule situation happening but all of a sudden <laughs> And this is a magic moment because it's not through them as a team coming together. It's not through Laura Dern's character, like figuring out like, you know what? I'm going to like actually like learn hockey and I'm going to like have this like crazy idea based on like, there's so many ways you could have set the scene, like scene up, like to where like you have like a flash moment to where like she's stuck in traffic and she sees a car like move in some way or something like that. Right. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like you set it up to where she's like, Oh shit. No. Fuck that. <laughs> Coach Bombay apparently steals her fucking journal. Does. <laughs> a play. It's like the magic play here. That's like, hey, it's a good trick play. It's a fucking trick play. It's a traditional, like, and, and, and like quarterback, we, we would call that like the Statue of Liberty play where like you're faking, you know, like it's a, a very famous, like, constant in all sports like kind of play where you're faking one thing about like the play being over on one side where you misdirect to other person and so that gets them their first goal it's a huge celebration it's a huge shame for the ducks yay uh but it just was remarkable to me to where it was just like yeah there's no no it could have been a kid in the team. You couldn't have had like one of the team members suggested or something like that. Have some character development there. You right? could have had like that. We have to show Bombay has a heart. Bombay has a heart, and we get his little backstory. I don't know if it's before or after the scene. After, because she has to come in, so it's after. Is that? So then we get Bombay's story, and I'm like, finally, we find out what's been happening since what 1998. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Tessa, can you update us in the last 23 years for Coach Bombay's life? Yes. So, Coach Bombay gets to play in the Pro League. So, this is kind of where we leave him in D3. Uh, he's playing for Pro, but also playing a lawyer sometimes, <laughs> which is like mysterious still because of like, is he still uh, 
able to practice law because it seems like you well, really listen, put all your chips in this uh, ice palace basket. Had he played for the Blackhawks for a lot of seasons with Patrick Kane, that probably would have been a good thing here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, not it funny. Worked, it could have been uh, different. Yeah. It could have been, yeah. it could have been different. Yeah, yeah. So he, he plays like for one year of major league hockey. He gets completely pummeled by a 19 year old that fucking <laughs> disorients him. He loses teeth. Lauren Graham does say at some point, like, which teeth you look good. And I was like, really? I thought they were going to pan over to him smiling and they didn't. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, I'll never know which teeth were knocked out or if that's true at all. Uh, but then he goes and he coaches uh, col- a college team and they are really good, but he gets kicked out and or sidelined because he offer like he helps a underprivileged teammate buy tape for his hockey stick. Is that what it's called? Stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it is- so, and they kick him out. And I was like, is that like, that doesn't seem like a serious enough violation. Like it's not even like like value wise. The that's like how Jim Jordan described how he got like kicked out of like Ohio State for the wrestling stuff. It's where like he covered up like a bunch of like horrible like sex crimes of. Like, Wait, isn't that where Paterno was? Was that Ohio? No, that's no. Penn State. Uh, Penn State. Uh, yeah. Um, another you know protected heteros. But yeah, like it's exactly that kind of thing where it's like. You know, like they're like oh it was this like political thing where like i i wave my stick at somebody and it's like no you you sex trafficked a child you know what I'm saying? like you know or some type of level of where it's like or or like you just watched you know what i'm saying like you know like ritualistic sexual abuse and like you're like well yeah that's bad but i don't want to lose my job so like you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah, yeah. Is it? like it's a very lawyer answer to yeah. like and then like a lawyer's like yeah. um you know any lawyer's biography i think should be treated with a grain of salt <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> like you know yeah. unless they're a fucking terrible lawyer maybe then it's honest <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> <laughs> we should ask arlo next oh time my god all of the all of the watches me is like cult documentaries and so i'm like oh god is this is is are the mighty ducks a cult I think they might be. They are cultish. I think there's a cultish nature. To They've got them. a cultish leader. They have like weird chants. Uh, <laughs> they have this in it to win it cutthroat mentality. Yeah. They have I, a leader in that guy <laughs> whose hair spontaneously grew like six inches in one episode. And I was like, wow, look at you. But there is a absolute uh, cultish nature to the ducks. Um, yes. and that's what we're telling you, Quackback, and we're hoping that we're going to go ahead and cash in on that. So, Tessa, shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on board. I just want to know what I'm signing up for. Yeah, I'm absolutely. on board. Just to, I mean, I've already done, like, you know, like a pre-cult in, like, my youth, and so I'm ready for, like, an adult version, something I can believe in. So I'm into the ducks. It's amazing because, again, like, you know, they mention here, and this is how after Mustard Tim comes across, because <laughs> we find out that, you know, um, Podcast Body dumps his dumpster flowers, <laughs> but talks to Winnie, and she realizes that Coco Chad's not the right one, but Mustard Tim... Who Coco like, Chad is just the best name. I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep interrupting good. with... It's good. Coco Chad, I it's just good. don't want him to be better. I want him to have a recurring role. Do not let Coco Chad go. Well, they made Mustard Tim literally a full-grown version of Podcast Body, which was amazing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he looks exactly like him, just kind of like a, a ground. Like, like, yeah. like, like, who as an adult looks exactly like this kid grown up? Sean Astin. His... Where was that guy? I, I thought for sure they were going to bring him. God damn it. Again, you mentioned this beforehand, but you're, you're right. That fucking hobbit he looks exactly like him. And you're right. He's probably his kid, which is why he's not, too, because, like, oh. this is how it works. And listen, okay. listen. If you're a parent in Hollywood, you gotta be careful because your kid may be Chet Hanks, and so like, (laughs) or you might have two. Where like Tom Hanks is like, I really support my kid's acting because like I have Colin who's like doing good, solid like actual acting work and seems like a person, and then you have Chet. You're like, how the fuck are you both like from the same household, same like parents and everything like that? You know, like. uh, Yeah. 
Chet is like a constant source of entertainment, but also just but also. But also. Someone get Chet. Like someone like go ahead and Chet needs a Bombay. Chet needs a coach Bombay to just sit him down, tell him what's real and what's not real. Like you're not Jamaican. I need you to stop that. Chet's you never, know that you're not Jamaican. No, Chet, it's Chet, not a thing that's going to happen for you. Chet absolutely has never been punched in the mouth. It absolutely needs <laughs> a good punch in the mouth, if that's what you're saying. Like, he would... I, I grew up in Evanston. Like, it's just amazing because it's just, like, how... He went to Northwestern. He grew up in incredible privilege. This is all some, like... I knew kids like that that were just, like, it was just, like, rich kid joke shit. And, like, he's playing that into his 30s for, like, Instagram fame and, like, notoriety. Seems sad. Is it worth it? He's going to inherit all that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have put together. Like, is it worth being, a, like, a fucking national joke for your entire... Well, you know that Tom Hanks is part of the Illuminati, and they're also all child sex predators, so, like... This uh, is true. This is true. So he's just initiating himself. Probably. On, on May 37th, there's going to come a time when the <laughs> uprising will begin and all of these child sex predators will be put in prison. Hillary Clinton on March 47th <laughs> will be <laughs> put in prison. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so like we end this whole episode uh, to bring it all back with the fact that like, okay, they have this, this is Doc's moment because the team loses, but they get this big goal. And finally, the charm offensive works on their target. And she decides, she's like, yeah, I'm going to join. But, and again, this is the, this is Duxiest moment of this show so far, is that it ends with some, like, emo song in the background. While the main character, he's talking on the phone with her, because he's really trying to, like, you know, hit... Get something going. Trying to hit second base for the first time. I get you, buddy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, (laughs) uh, and also at the same time, win in hockey. He's trying to, like, line up goals multiple, and this sounds like this whole thing. He's got a crush. (laughs) He's got a little crush. There's 12. (laughs) But he also wants to have the whole thing happen, like, in terms of, like, them winning, and she seems like the most talented player. So mm-hmm. she says at the end of it, yeah, I just haven't told my parents. And like, dun, dun, dun. Except it's like more like, you know, again, like a scrubs, like, you know. Um, um, yeah. Uh, more of a double take. Like, what? Yeah. The, uh, uh, um, what, what's the scrubs song again? Like, uh, oh, how to save a life. <laughs> I keep saying, like, <laughs> every fucking scrubs episode ends with, like, well, now I'm going down with JD. It's like, how to save a life. <laughs> just ends on this, like, you know, kind of like, like emotionally hopeful, but also like slightly like, you know, cliffhanger moment. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and that's how This Is Ducks episode three, Game Changers, ended. So um, <laughs> it was a little glimmer of hope. Uh, I'm really. It was. It was. <laughs> I, think I just it, need this team to come together. I need it to be all right in the end. I need it to be all right. And it's like not leading me to that belief because that weird little conversation between Sophia and Evan, where it's like, yeah, usually, you know, many things work out in the end. And then Sophia's like, until they don't. And I was like, why are you introducing doubt? Like, no, this is going to work out. This is going to be a beautiful series that ends with victory for the Ducks. Right. Correct. Right. I hope so. I'm hoping so. Or like again, if like they hope like if it ends in like like just like their ass kicked, but they get two goals. Like I'm gonna love that actually. Like we'll see. <laughs> We've only got three episodes left. So to that point, Quack Pack, uh, we're gonna give you one more Quack Packs chant here for this week because again, we're encouraging all of our Quack Pack to get Quack Packs. Uh, but then we've got a couple of uh, questions here to just go ahead and end this little thing out. So Quack Pack, facts, facts, facts. Facts, facts, facts. <laughs> All right, Quackback, we are back with our Quackback of the episode. Number three, Game Changers. Where my dog's at. Um, (laughs) 
I do think feel like where my ducks at should just be like. Well, Casey Larson writes in to ask, what would DMX think of? Casey. <laughs> he just, he can't stay away. What would DMX <laughs> think of Mighty Ducks Game Changers? And we were talking beforehand, in all sincerity, like DMX, like was my first rap album I ever bought. And then there was X. I love DMX. <laughs> Party Up is like legitimately one of the best bangers of all time. Um, and realist artist like as a weird white dude who grew up on the north side of chicago like objectively hilarious to listen to but like he had this energy that was fucking infectious like it always always like I yeah. um i think he would be a fan of that because he seemed to be a fan of like the team spirit and the joy and also um seemed to be a fan of like elaborate schemes like <laughs> could you imagine if like last episode rather than like her enabling a bunch of children to go there like she had her friend as the best paralegal she realized the firm had a fixer and that fixer was like not michael clayton but dmx playing <laughs> michael clayton <laughs> I would love if he was like Coach Bombay's driver because I feel like he's also in on whatever scheme is happening with Coach Bombay. DMX would have been the perfect accompaniment. Like I, I mean this as a completely like honor <laughs> man because like I, I do mean it sincerely. Like he was an amazing talent and like he, he like um it's super sad. Addiction's no fucking joke. The rest of those things are like super serious. He also, like, I remember Romeo Must Die. Like, he, like, had a good on-screen fucking presence. And, like, he had yes. those kind of roles. And it's just, like, if you're going to drag out fucking Emilio Estevez's corpse, like, this is the racism in Hollywood. Fuck that. I would have way rather had an excuse to make a Romeo Must Die six-part fucking series in this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nobody more, like, older grizzled. Like, there's no more, like... <laughs> there's embodied- no safety nets for hip-hop. And that has been the saddest thing that I think like every year we realize this, that there's no safety net for hip hop artists to grow old, for musicians in general to grow old and or stop making music and just want to live life. That is incredibly sad. But I'm like, I feel like once maybe you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, there might be some sort of like trust fund that you can like dip into yeah. uh, for help uh, because your you know your music has been certified by the rock and roll hall of fame but like other than that like it's extremely sad that like uh like artists like dmx and who are so pivotal to like that late 90s early 2000s period just have like absolute absolutely no security and so i wonder what his life was like um leading up to the events that led him to uh, his coma and eventual death, but uh, it's just—it's incredibly sad that this keeps happening. So the next question we have here: um, way things have gone so far, they've lost not just the first game by like you know twenty to nothing, but the last game. What the fuck is going on with Goop? Asks uh, Jenny Jawowski. <laughs> Uh, from New Jersey. So Jenny Jawowski uh, from New Jersey. Uh, yeah, what is going on with Goop? Because it he seems... Chokes. He's got the yips. Okay, the yips he's is one thing. He seems like he's clearly, like we said, had a dissociative episode week after week. Jenny, I don't think there's a lot to say about this other than the fact that, like, it is going to be interesting to see, like, we're episode three now. Does he have a breakthrough moment to where he actually can catch things? Like, or are they going to find a new goalie that's going to go ahead and shift in there? And then he's got, because they're clearly like, they're behind in that plot beat. Like he needs to catch, like, I figured he was going to fucking in this episode. Like, is they clearly, okay, they got their first goal. I figured also he was going to figure out like, oh, if you shoot on my left side, I can block that. But if it's my right side, I can't or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they set up that plot point that like happens to where it's like, okay, you've seen some development. But he just sits there in a catatonic state that, like, just, like, makes me very concerned for him. Because, again, still haven't seen his parents once. <laughs> like, uh, so many of these children, I'm very concerned about, like, whether or not 
they are properly supervised (laughs) right there was a story in my hometown about somebody and this was they were adults but they had somebody who was dead in their house for 20 years in the upstairs bedroom i just worry about goop's parents being in that case because like you know he just has been traumatized what eating hot yes 100 percent uh, and I think the goop has been cashing his parents, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a uh, Medicare check is like, maybe it was a like, grandparent he was living with or an aunt or an uncle or something like that of a certain age, that social security check or whatever it is, keep going. It keeps going I mean, because he keeps capping is- it. Like, and it's just like this whole traumatic situation. It seems yeah. really rough. I, I just, I, I don't know Jenny Jaywowski, um, <laughs> from New Jersey, uh, what, uh, what it is, but Tessa, I tell you, goop seems like he's having some issues. He's having a lot, a lot of issues, but that, I mean, your uh, hypothesis would explain why he's um, so, like, wanting to be home to get that check. You know, yeah. got to make sure that that, ca- that check is cashed, and yeah. so that would make sense. But also, like, if, if the movies would, were to guide us, it would suggest that there's another character who we maybe haven't met yet who is the um, either like a roller skater, blader, or figure skater who has the agility that Goop is missing. Mm. And and they will have a conflict. But I'm wondering who within our current cast, if maybe it's the popular girl or the cape lady, um, uh, one of them most likely has that skill set that just hasn't been like given to us yet. Or maybe even Lauren Graham, because she does that Whitney Houston thing, so she obviously has a bit of agility to her. Uh, but yeah, I am really worried about this character, but I'm also worried about all of the minority characters <laughs> and their lack of storyline besides Sophia. I forget the black kid's name, but who only does dares, but I'm concerned that by episode three, that's all we know about him, is that that he does dares and can like hit a like a... Um, snack vending machine really cool like and it gives him snacks and i'm like i'm concerned that's all we know about him i'm assuming that it's only episode three so the next episode which seems to be focused on lauren graham won't give us anything so we have two episodes to meet at least four more children in a real way (laughs) yeah so you've got your work cut out for you game changers i'm watching (laughs) game changers quack back at us quack in the real world and i think that that's a Great, great suggestion, Tesla. I think it's, <laughs> um, we have one last question, and this comes from uh, a follow-up, actually, to our question from last week, which was about, okay, we have literally this week an amazing thing, and, and uh, shout out to SFL. Uh, we'll get into that in a second for what you got going on this week here, too, but uh, hopefully uh, uh, we're going to, in the next episode or two, hopefully be able to have uh, Trisha on this one, because I would love to get her take on um, uh, just the SFL take on this show. We had some, like, I would say, um, clearly at least, like, uh, uh, things we should discuss from a SFL level, which is that the whole show was like, okay, the star of this show, the, the star, the, the Charlie, you know, from the original Marty Ducks of right. the is a... A uh, woman of color, right? Like a girl of color, right? Uh, which is awesome. But also, like, so we were talking about this before, like, and, you know, Tessa rightfully asked, because, like, most of us don't grow up in hockey world. Like, is there a very strong hockey, girls hockey, you know, kind of thing? And we had a question about, like, you know, that. And, yeah, so not only is there, but there's a women's national team. And the U.S. women's national team, I have to reel, uh, read out there, <clears throat> uh, uh, they not only won, uh, uh, so they've won multiple gold medals. They won a gold here in the 98 and the 2018 Olympics. They won a silver in the uh, 2002, 2010, and 2014 Olympics, and a, a bronze in the 2006. So the U.S. women's team is like the u.s women's soccer team <laughs> they're a fucking powerhouse and so uh one of the things that we're going to try and do here uh uh quack pack is uh see if we can get you know somebody who uh has played in that kind of submission or, or worse in that role for maybe a, a later episode so if you know anybody quack pack we'd love to hear from you because it's wild i had showed tessa because i had been looking up some like clips of the u.s women's hockey team and holy shit, those women are amazing. And like, they are so good. I am shocked because I knew that there was obviously women's soccer. I knew there was women's football. Um, I've seen movies about women's baseball, but I've never heard 
anything about women's hockey and they're such badasses i'm completely impressed because they were hitting each other like the men do and ow they did ow. beat the absolute shit out of each other there's no <laughs> difference between that and a men's game that you would see right there like you're it's full speed full contact exciting stuff um yeah it was cool and i think the like, Chicago you know it's we- a great Hold on. Let me go ahead and find out. Does the Chicago have a women's hockey team? Um, and we should know this here. And this is what we're finding. Yeah. Uh, They've been to a lot of WNBA games, and they are so legit. Um, <gasps> the Beverly there. Bombshells. We're going. We are fucking going. Beverly Bombshells it. are a hockey-based club in the Beverly neighborhood of Chicago. Shout out Southside. I'm rocking on Southside right now. What up? Uh, we have been the Women's Hockey uh, Central Hockey League since 2015. They have a fucking mascot. That they're hanging out with the Wolves. Um, these women look amazing. And yes, the Beverly Bombshells are a team that we would love to to learn more about and uh, uh, do this. So. Um, I know some people actually in the hockey like space right here too that I need to reach out to more about this uh, whole thing, and uh, that's a good that's a good note to leave it on I think for this episode because Quack Pack, we only can be as strong. Oh my god, we have to have them on the show. I'm just obsessed now. This is an amazing thing here, and we're only <laughs> as strong as our weakest link, or you know. Uh, you know, we only have as much luck as our strongest duck, right? You know what I'm saying? Or our weakest duck. <laughs> Uh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, so, you know, Quack Pack, if you can, write us, email yeah. us. Tessa, where can our Quack Pack find us? Guys, you can always find us on the gram. We're at This Is Ducks. Just at This Is Ducks. Fucking hit us up. Tell us what you thought about the episode. Leave your questions. And also, if you wanted to, just go ahead and tag uh, the Beverly Bombshells. And just let them know that you listen to us. We would love to work with them on this particular podcast because I am dying to know what these women think of the show uh, and what their experience in the hockey world is. And I'm now newly obsessed uh, with these women and how... You know, just what they're putting their bodies through. I'm like, wow. As of a hundred once, I'd be done. Like, as of 180 seconds ago, like Tessa and I have one mission in life, which is to talk <laughs> to the Beverly Bombshells about like yeah. how awesome what they do is, and also have they seen the ducks? <laughs> have they? What do they think about this show? Were they inspired by the movies? Like, is I, that why they're playing right now? Because there were women there, and there are women here. They look super young, so I'm assuming they saw the movies when they came out. They have to be like, okay, you know, our age or, or less. <laughs> there's no question to me that this is a crossover episode between also SFL because like. There's so many things here that I have questions about. And speaking of SFL. Yeah. What does SFL stand for, Tessa? Where can people hear you every week? Yes, if you love this type of conversation and want to keep it going, we're um, at SF, or at Strong Female Pod on Instagram at SFL underscore Chicago on Twitter, um, and we review movies um, and we like to take a lens and see how Hollywood is treating women, if they're getting it right. Mostly they're getting it wrong, but on occasion they're getting it right. And right now we're doing a whole series on dance movies. Last week, or I guess, you know, as of the recording, this week we did... Um, Dirty Dancing. You put Dirty baby, Dancing. You put Baby under a microscope. <laughs> baby <laughs> so. was under the microscope, but she passed. She passed with flying colors, and we created a completely special, unique award for Swayze and his brand of masculinity. I still don't understand why that didn't catch catch on as as much of the like Dolph Lundgrens, the uh, Stallones, uh, the Rockies of the world. Why that didn't catch on? I prefer the Swayze brand. Um, but yeah, hit us up. You know, give us a listen. This next week we're doing a movie striptease. So if you have strong feelings about Jesse from Saved by the Bell and or striptease, hit us up. Uh, we we would love to have uh, you know that dialogue continue because that movie is insane. It is insane. It, it, it does. It seems like a big tall order, and I thank you to <laughs> get silly with us here this week, Tessa. Um, yeah, uh, again, I love this show. This show like is my heart. I love 
love sports movies so much. They just really tug at all of my heartstrings. I'm like the Grinch and my heart is like a size of a piece of coal, but this totally envelops me. I'm like 100% on board for Mighty Ducks and this is Ducks. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I felt like <laughs> this also, I'm so thankful because I, I have a couple people be like, so it's called This Is Ducks? I'm like, yeah, it's like This Is Us. And some people will get the joke where they're like, oh, that's, that's hilarious because like, yeah, they're doing it from like, you know, like this is the kind of old thing. <laughs> so people are like, what? Um, and I feel like, thankfully, this was the most like, you know, how to shave episode. Um, <laughs> like Mumford yeah. was playing, you know what I'm saying, in the background. Not they're drawing the, us in. Uh, they're drawing us in. They're letting us know, like, get to know these characters. I'm so, like, I'm already invested. Like, I want to know what happens between Lauren Graham and Bombay. I see chemistry. I see chemistry between Sophia and Evan. Is it Evan or Ethan? Uh, I think Evan? it's Ethan. And I Ethan. do agree because, like, I saw the, uh, it was on the chalkboard in the locker room, and it was you plus me equals us. This is my calculus. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that show. I love that show. And I love that song. And I'm going to die because I haven't thought of it in, like, solidly 10 to 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <all> <laughs> Why did my MTV was great? God, we need to review an MTV show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Mark Quackpack, thank you so much for joining us, and um, yeah, thanks again. Follow us, follow us, like, comment, subscribe to us. We are on all of the platforms now, including Apple Podcasts, which is hopefully how you're listening to us. But like, subscribe, comment, leave us, leave us information, and we'll leave get us back there. Tag Emilio Estevez repeatedly yes. um, so we can talk to him and ask him about his skincare routine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I appreciate it, Quack Pack. So, uh, Quack Pack, facts, 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 facts. Okay.